welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 65, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tony. Yeah, you are. Um, welcome I- to the party. <laughs> Me? Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, might- and our listener slash listeners. I might be suffering from jet lag again today because I've just been, I've just got off a bus that I've sat on for about an hour and a half to two hours. Does that count as jet lag? Mm, buses aren't planes, is that? Something? Yeah, but, you know, just general travel, tired, jet lag, right? <laughs> it's jet lag. On a bus the for two hours, I'm naked. Oh, the time zone's the same. I can't even deal with today. Two hours on a bus. I don't know. I need to sleep. Oh, Who'd you sit next to on the bus? Running on no dose. Did you... Was that awkward trying to sit next to someone on a bus, or did you find your own little? Did you it was get a your work, own seat? It was a work trip. Did you so get your own seat by yourself, or did you have to share with a? No, I shared. Shared the seat. Yeah. 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 There was two next to each other. And oh, right. I thought you meant there was maybe an on-lap scenario, which is. <laughs> no. Um. On the way up, sat it's with that, one person. It's that. It's that sort of carry-on that leads to these dodgy antics on, uh, on like a work. <laughs> Work so you're sitting on someone's lap for two hours mm-hmm. on the way up, feeling the good vibrations of, of, of you know, They're quite vibrating. Yeah, of the um, you know the bussy steed. <laughs> That's when you start sleeping with people at conferences. And I know you're a married man. You're spoken for. Yeah, you know, I didn't sleep with this guy who sat next to me. Oh, well, it's good. Um, on the way up, I had downloaded a bunch of stuff to watch on my phone. Got my headphones in my pocket. Sat next to someone. Chatted. So I just talked for most of it. And then the way back, I was like, I can't be bothered talking to anyone because conferences can be quite draining. Yep. It was an overnight thing. You're a piss crook, of course. It wasn't, but um, <laughs> sat. I, I got on the bus and sat in a seat that had no one in it and then put my headphones on so that just to send that message yep. of like, I'm from not the, here to yeah, chat. From the get go, you're all, you know. Yeah. And I was looking forward to it as well because the stuff I downloaded to watch was, I was looking forward to watching it. What'd you get? What'd you have? Oh, it was, um, it's called All or Nothing in NFL. Oh, you've, you've mentioned series. this before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is your big, this so is the one that I'm watching at the moment. At the moment yep. They're following the Dallas Cowboys around for a full season. So I was so kind of looking it's forward a docu- to that. It's a docu-series. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. Um, but then, um, no. sat on the chair and another guy who I'm pretty sure was in for the same thing. Yep. He had plonk, headphones yep, on the way up. Straight on top of your lap and you're like, Hey. Interconference. This is not, you know, the, was there a bathroom on the bus? You could have done a hanky panky in, or there was actually, but it was would have been like everyone would have seen. Everyone would have seen. It was a embarrassing <laughs> two, little two dudes to, to sort of. It was an embarrassing little toilet actually. Yeah. Like you'd Did never you use that. I didn't go. No, because it was like it wasn't even at the back. It was halfway down. Oh, and then there's like it was like if you got a porta potty and just put it there, but oh. covered it in the grey felt. It's like everyone. Like imagine going into there. And you're in there for, let's say, 25 minutes. Oh, they know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And then the waft, because there's no extraction. Yeah, you're not praying to Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, the, yeah, the person that sat next to me, they were headphoned up as well. Um, unfortunately, and I haven't experienced it for years, as soon as I started watching something on my phone, I got, like, car sick. Oh, I, so, I was just going to ask that about how well you could cope with that yeah normally i'm fine and well, on the uh, way up i didn't feel anything a large vehicular yeah like the bus i wondered if it was to do with where i sat because i was behind the back wheels so quite far down the back yeah. of the bus whether that maybe made it worse but bit um, of a don't sway don't ever go away moment back mm, there mm. yeah 
Um, yeah, no, I couldn't watch American Pie or anything. Oh. Um, or listen to Bic Runger. Um, the, the thing, I, yeah, I ended up watching about two minutes of this documentary oh, series. Oh, man. And then I just um, put on a podcast, oh, listened sorry. to that for about an hour, and then listened to music. And then I started texting you because I was back in cell phone range. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my story. Cool. Paranormal, nice. right? It is. Yeah, it's just uh, it's more just a disclaimer. If I'm low energy, it's because I'm um, jet lagged, you know? Basically come from a did different you, time. What were your like, breakout sessions on this conference site? Like, was it all at the hotel or did you go yeah, places? it was all at the or? hotel. Uh, and one was at a restaurant near the hotel. I Whatever. I just needed it. Was yeah. It? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it's next there. That's <laughs> such a stupid name for a restaurant. Whatever. <laughs> so, and what were you having, sir? Whatever. Right. Okay, and you, sir? Whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah the restaurant was literally called whatever and they used it as a as it'd be a good name for a buffet wouldn't it whatever buffet yeah just whatever so you get along like i want shrimp i want fruit toast just give me whatever <laughs> fruit toast <laughs> see it's whatever yeah i guess yeah if there was any buffet you're allowed to get away with that it's the whatever buffet nice you just have whatever well i i traveled to or auckland, auckland this week jet lagged not jet lagged hmm. no not it's at weird. all. I um, guess my, my travel probably took longer. It would have been. Yeah, she went further. Yeah. Um, in terms of travel time, you probably did. Yeah. This is boring. Let's. This is cannot be entertaining. What no. have you got? Um, so to start with, we've got a new sponsor for the show. No, we don't. We do. Actually. We definitely do. So, not. Okay. Uh, I saw no money. Oh. Oh, I pocketed it because it was my. I'm doing the. I'm doing this. This. So this is. What are you doing? What is this? I can see something. <clears> this in is your our hand. new sponsor. Uh <laughs> So, <laughs> can yeah. I read it? Shall I read it out? Or you want to deliver this? Uh, yeah, you're welcome to if you like. Here's, our, right. here's our sponsor. Here's the yeah, card. Nope, you can read that. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So, oh, it's quite a good deal. It's quite a good deal, isn't it? So, the listeners seem to hear about this. Oh, goodness. Where, where is this? It's Christchurch. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if we should read this. Deliver it. Do it. Um, so for the designers out there, this is a um, small square of paper where you've probably got about eight to How do you, how do you think they cut sheet. that? How do you think they cut that? Guillotine or scissors or craft knife or... Um, Looking for that edge, aren't you? I would say guillotine. 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 Okay. Um, poorly. But black and white, comic sans for miles. Yep. Beautiful. Um... Are you looking for a house cleaner? I am actually. I'm actually in the market. The ad leads off with a clip art of a lady with a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) That sold me so far. So the font they use there is more of like your Boogie Nights type 70s looking font. Sort of like a a word arty sort of type thing through it. Yeah, Yeah, with a nice solid drop shadow. Um, And then we're into the... Oh, that might actually be Calibri rather than Comic Sans. I don't like Calibri. I hate it. Oh, really? Yeah. This is, I think this is Comic Sans. Yeah, this is Comic Sans. Yeah. Hi, this is Miho, Japanese cleaner. Exclamation <gasps> mark. Oh, hi, Miho. <laughs> we are providing domestic regular cleaning in Christchurch. Yes, that's what I need. We do it by manual work. Oh. An <laughs> old job and not use a strong chemical. That's nice for the environment. Plastics out of the ocean, please. And then we've got small price 
Is it crossed out by pen? I don't know. They, they it kind of looked like it, and then they photo, then they photocopied it or something. Yeah, I think that they couldn't <clears throat> figure out how to do like strike through. Yeah, strike through. So small forty five dollars. Small forty five dollars with a hand drawn cross through, <laughs> with an arrow underneath it pointing to thirty five dollars uh-huh, per hour. Uh-huh. That's for our listeners. That's for our listeners special. And then a picture of a woman in a shawl. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually Miho or whether it's just generic. It would be like if we wanted to put a picture, if we were in Japan doing this and we had put a picture of like a Maori spear warrior, for like a New Zealander. It's like, you don't look like that. No, I think that's her, eh? Dead set looks like a Miho. <laughs> Um, and then a little speech bubble that seems to be coming from her elbow saying, <laughs> saying, <laughs> saying special discount at first time yes. call me for a podcast uh, listen mm. and give the number <laughs> we're not giving the number why not people can well, we can't give the number can we yeah we can give the number how are they going to contact me ho give the number i don't know if we should give the number give the number and then, and then I'll bleep this later. No, I'm... no, Miho, we want to get business. So there you go. Miho is the sponsor. It does look pro as. If any of our listeners are in Christchurch, New Zealand, and need a cleaner, and like special discount first time. I like special discount first time. And I would rather pay $35 than $45. We've got you covered. I can tell you, I'm seriously considering this. Because I, cl- I clean my house every Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and it destroys my weekend. Like, well, just don't it, do it. I like a clean house. Yeah. But if I had Miho Japanese cleaner here, I could. It'd be great. Like forty five bucks an hour, or thirty five to start off. <laughs> Sorry, with. did you think forty five was a good deal? I thought forty five was a great deal. How many hours do you reckon you'd need? Oh, two. Is this paranormal? Do people <laughs> still care? Do you know I saw a remote control lawnmower at the Holy Hotel I was staying at last week? Or this oh, yeah. week? Yeah. It's quite good. Thorough thing. Yeah. I hadn't There's... seen one before. I was like, ah, oh, future. There it is. Right there. No, future. no, no. That's not the future. Oh. You don't remote control them. They just drive them. Oh, themselves. so not remote control. I mean, robotic. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, all, I'm just all flustered because of Miho Japanese cleaning. You don't have a lawn. Why is that impressive? Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them. My company makes um, things that measure grass automatically. Oh, whoop do you fucking do? <laughs> <clears throat> do you wanna do you wanna jump into this paranormal? Yeah, let's do that. Let's paranormal this up. Okay. Um, for those of you that still care, let's do it. Cool. Okay. So this week is your week to bring my... a paranormal story to the table. This week is my week. Next week is an off week. Oh, we've got the week off next week. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Because it's your birthday it week, and I've got a, a holiday planned for my birthday yeah we're we going on holiday for my birthday uh, this is the nicest uh, thing you've ever you done be for able me. to sleep on the couch <laughs> <laughs> did you forget we were recording <laughs> we normally do that when we warm up <laughs> i guess i guess it's an indication of the quality of show we're putting out that it feels like we're just giving pants and we just feel like you can burp into the mic yeah, we're just, to be fair, we did have like a good half hour conversation yep. with mics on, headphones yeah, on, just to get as us if we were recording, whilst interstitial, <laughs> interstitially burping, because that's what we do to warm up our mics. Yeah, it does. <laughs> More because it's gross yeah. to burp in someone else's headphones. Yeah. Are you going to bleep the burp? Um, we've talked about it now. 
but yeah maybe yeah <laughs> feel free to cut this out if you want to <laughs> no it's good yeah <laughs> i mean it's as, it's as entertaining as the start of the show it is yeah yeah um okay so what we're going to talk about today is it's it's, it's going to be a wee challenge for you You really, it's just, it must have been just, you were so in the zone of this, how that we were talking about nothing, because we're talking about Miho Japanese cleaner. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Welcome okay. to... Lights in the Sky, <laughs> Potty. Episode 65. Sponsored by Miho Japanese cleaner. <laughs> Was 45, now $35 cool. an hour. Oh three six six nine oh seven one eight. This week on our polished <clears> podcast, <throat> Tony's brought in a story or something. It's a challenge for you, as I said. So Tony's brought in a challenge for a challenge me, as for he you. said. Yeah, as I said. So, um, I'm calling this debunk, de- debunk, debunk at all costs. Okay. So, um, you know, you've you've heard those zany tales from UFO debunkers that when something strange is sighted in the sky... <laughs> You got the, you got the you got the gigs, got haven't the giggles, you? Yeah, you got the giggies. Carry on, I'll push through. <laughs> that when something strange is sighted in the sky, <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this unsolicited burp is uh, throwing us <laughs> off, isn't it? Um, so when something strange is, is sighted in the sky, that um, they come up with these zany explanations that are often more crazy than it being a, oh, yeah. an, like a, an a, like the idea that it's an alien race visiting Earth is like I guess it's out there, but it's like science, you know, it's yeah. simply you know other extraterrestrial biological biological entities in a craft they've built that flew here. Like how someone says they saw a being operating a craft, it landed, they spoke with the person, and then they come out and say, oh, it was just Venus. Yeah. That kind of thing. So this is what we're doing. Okay. So what we're going to give you today is I'm going to give you a re-explanation. So I'm going to read you a short snippet of a tale. of I've got five, I think, UFO tales, maybe six, that um, defy belief in uh, in a UFOlogical sense. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this the snippet of the tale, so a brief explanation of yeah. what occurred. Then I'm going to give you four options as okay. to what the the debunking theory was. Oh, I see. And I want you to uh, guess, pick, select, choose, best guess. And uh, if you you know if you select it, oh, I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yes, it's your own. <laughs> I don't know. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll take that. Scratch yourself. Do I want a the... sticker? A Lights in the Sky I'll podcast give you a sticker. sticker? Yeah, there are only, there's thousands of them in there. It's <laughs> not thousands. <laughs> Hundreds, <clears throat> then. If anyone wants one, though, we're happy to send them. Yeah, send a, send a uh, self... Wait, wait, it's not right. A, <laughs> a stamped, stamped self-addressed self- envelope to PO Box 1945 in Christchurch. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So, we so call these are going to be the the... Here's the story from the witnesses or, yep. you know, this is the report. So I'm going to read you a, a short choose from, story. Yeah. Short story of what actually happened. It's just like a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs. Yep. Then I'm going to tell you, then you're going to, I'm going to give you four options. Yep. You choose which one you want. And then I'm going to read you what the correct one was and what the debunkers said. Excellent. Okay. So here we go. Rendlesham Forest UFO encounter. May mm-hmm. have heard about this one. It's quite famous. Um, in December of 1980 in Suffolk, 
England, three US Air Force personnel were dispatched from the RAF Woodbridge base to investigate strange lights seen in the area of the nearby Rendlesham Forest. As they entered the forest, a light descended and then darted among the trees, eventually coming to a stop. When the three servicemen arrived at the location, they discovered a craft of unknown origin resting in the woods. They examined the craft carefully and as thoroughly as possible. One of them touched the craft and took extensive notes about its appearance, including drawing, strange, including drawing the strange markings and symbols found on its hull. Mm. Quick as a flash, the craft rose, departed, and wasn't seen again. Wow. So this is what, um, so I'll give you four options as I said, so you yep. can choose here. So this is what, uh, so one of these options is what the uh, debunkers said that these uh, service people saw. Okay. These US Air Force personnel, remember? Hit me. Okay, A, a large barn owl. B, a nearby lighthouse. C, those pesky Ruskies. The Russians. Yeah. D. Severe ball lighting. Okay. So the <clears throat> barn owl, I think you've drawn from the story from episode two or well three. Well done. Yes, that's exactly where I drew that what from. What was that one called? Um, that was called The Brutition and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Flatwoods Monster. Flatwoods Monster. Um, the ball lighting you've got from uh, the... Hey, Tommy, get your hands off my Ignis Fattis. <laughs> and the lighthouse one rings a bell as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe from one of the shipwreck stories. Okay. Or there was a UFO that was up on a rock somewhere. Okay. So I think it's the other one, which was uh, the Russians. Going to give you a half a point for that. Okay. I'll tell you why. <laughs> half a point for yep. all that work. So... The debunkers claim light from the nearby Offordness Lighthouse is to blame for the event, which flashed every five seconds, although misinterpretations of nocturnal lights such as fireball and bright stars are the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Other explanations for the incident have included a downed Soviet spy satellite, but no evidence has ever been produced to support this. So starting off with half a point there. So what did they... So it's three of them. Uh, yes, I would have given you half. A, I would have given you the so full point is the lighthouse. Okay, half a point gotcha. would have been. Um, oh, those were the other theories. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so half. So the full point would have been the lighthouse. Half a point is the Soviet spy satellite. Okay, gotcha. So definitely not large barn owl, and definitely not ball lightning. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so I'll just tell you up here that you're on uh, point five. <laughs> cool. Okay. Next question. 1991 Mexico eclipse mass UFO sighting. During a solar, I say Soviet again. <laughs> during a solar eclipse in 1991, many good folks in Mexico turned their eyes toward the sky to witness the astrological event, only to get an added boner. Is yes. a UFO. Uh, Guillermo Aragon, a reporter, and James Mosen. A, I'm, not, I'm not sure if James is actually Hamez. <laughs> and Hamez Mousen, a journalist, caught a metallic object on video. When their video aired on television a week later, thousands of people called in to report seeing the same thing, and many actually sent in their own videos of the object. 
Video of the object shows it clearly below the clouds, moving and possibly emitting some sort of energy behind it, causing a visual wave to appear. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> Here are your options. Okay. A. The planet Venus. Ooh. B. A weather balloon. C. Lenticular clouds. Mm-hmm. D. A surprisingly large, angry seagull. <laughs> I'm ruling out seagull. <laughs> angry seagull. And Surpri- probably 80% of me ruling that out is due to your facial expression <laughs> when you read it. A surprisingly large, angry seagull. <laughs> uh, weather balloon I'll rule out because okay. it's Roswell's. It's out. Yeah, ruling out. Well, this weather balloon's quite common in ufology, just so you know. Mm. So... You, but if you want to rule it out, on um, oh, see now you're trying to make me doubt well, it. So I'm you're, definitely you're, ruling it out. You're doing, okay, it's out, gone, off the table. Not going to even going to consider it ever or again. Or should it be on the table? Maybe it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one. Oh, you know, I'm, oh, this isn't my you know guessing game here. Well, um, it is my guessing game. It's not my credibility at stake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't realize my credibility was at stake. As also. a ufologist, as a self-proclaimed ufologist, <laughs> I it is. proclaimed that we did. I think earlier we have at some point no, no. we said that a, a ufologist is someone with a published oh work. you need to publish this yeah if we publish something we'll be all good um as a self-proclaimed near ufologist just need to publish this the transcripts <laughs> of these podcasts i'm ruling out venus venus is off the table gone thrown in the bin it's definitely venus though isn't it lenticular clouds is what you're saying you're saying lenticular clouds I'm saying Venus because I could tell by your facial expression when I ruled it out. Mm, if you're sure. Venus. Lock it in. You're right. You guessed me. Yeah. <laughs> you saw through. I need to, need to be careful, yeah? You've got a towel and I've noticed it. <clears throat> okay. I need to be more straight-faced and tight-lipped. You want to play poker? Strip poker. <laughs> okay. You're on 1.5 out of All 2. Right. Not doing too badly here. Though, again, you know, you guessed. So. I didn't guess. Well, You, you told me. I mean, you saw my eyes. towel. Okay. <laughs> Go. Now I'm going to laugh at everything. Okay. The 2010 Shaoshan Airport UFO in Hangzhou, China. Mm-hmm. In 2010, at around 8.30 p.m., a UFO showed up on radio. Radio? <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> radio. Coming at you. <laughs> showed up on the radar at Shaoshan Airport. Soon after, it was spotted in the sky above the airport by numerous people, including official airport personnel citizens and even pilots who were in flight nearby at the time after the ufo promptly disappeared service was suspended at this major airport for almost an hour causing the delay of 18 flights and some 2,000 people were stranded while an extensive aerial search ensued okay what are my options your options are so these are what people debunked it with they're saying it was A, a satellite. B, swamp gas. C, a Chinese ballistic missile. D, a reflection. So, it's a reflection, obviously, because I can tell by your eyes. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> Can you repeat them again? Because I was more looking at you than listening. <laughs> okay. Just quickly. Okay, I'm going to look through this. <laughs> a. A satellite. B. Swamp gas. C. 
a Chinese ballistic missile. D, a reflection. Reflection. Why do you think reflection? Because of your eyes. <laughs> I'm hiding my eyes. Reflection's an odd choice. Like, I don't know that you would come up with reflection as a red herring. Maybe. Or did I just Google um, common and um, possible explanations for UFOs, which I did do, and just copied and pasted them in <laughs> random spots? Uh, ballistic missile, I don't think so, because that would um, send more alarm than anything. But it is a Chinese missile in China, so it's not oh, like okay. it's... Uh... Hmm. And the other ones, a um, uh, gas cloud. Swamp gas or a satellite. Not satellite, because they wouldn't do that. They I'm, wouldn't do a satellite. I'm sticking, they wouldn't I'm do sticking a satellite. with my original answer. You're right. Yeah! <laughs> See, the problem is here, I'm a mentalist. So you are. I'm mentalist. I'm just reading you like a book. Here we go. I can tell what you're thinking of me right now. What and I'm that? flattered, but the answer's no. Okay. <laughs> you're a married man. <laughs> Debunker's claim, merely the reflection from an aircraft was the official explanation. The twinkling object could have been a light below the horizon reflecting on an aeroplane flying very high, given good visibility in the sky, said Zhu Dai, who works at the Shanghai Observatory, adding such phenomena usually happened around an hour after sunset. Oh yeah, like a green flash. Mm. Which is where a green light appears on the horizon line as the sun goes down. Okay, um, next one. White Sands New Mexico Military Police Encounter. Mm. This is actually part of a larger 1957 UFO flappy that involves many sightings across several states. In this particular event, two military policemen on routine patrol of the White Sands Missile Range encountered an egg-shaped UFO... 75 to 100 yards in diameter, roughly 50 yards above a bunker. Two days later, a similar UFO was spotted by another patrolling policeman who witnessed it climb upward at a 45 degree angle, sometimes stopping. About 17 hours later, a high-altitude engineer who worked at the base spotted an egg-shaped UFO while driving from New Mexico to Texas. The UFO made a dive out of the sky and crossed the highway in front of him. Many more sightings occurred during this flap by civilians and qualified military personnel. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Mm. So, here are your options. What are you typing? I'm just updating your score. Okay. To 2.5. 2. <laughs> okay. It's definitely not something we could remember. No. Because <laughs> I already forgot. I was like, what did you get? 1.5? 2.5? Okay, here are options. A. The moon or planet Venus? B. An experimental missile launch? C. A radiation leak causing delusions? Or D. A series of meteors and or comets? A. A. Debunkers claim, according to the United States Air Force, the sightings were most likely either Venus or the moon. Which gotcha. was in the general direction of the second patrol's observation. <laughs> it's like some of the stuff is so, so weird. <laughs> okay, 3.5 out of 4. Excellent. Nailing this. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I've got your tail locked. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, this is all visual. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, the great 1952 Washington, D.C. UFO incident. I want Ooh. you to close your eyes. That, no, I'm not closing my eyes. You need to. Washington, D.C. UFO, UFO incident. incident. I saw that on um, that Will Smith one. Good. Because <laughs> if, if I'm giving this away as a tell, we need to be in a separate room. <laughs> okay, I won't look. Okay. I'll just try and, me- I'll try and mentalist you on... Uh, vocal inflection alone around 11 40 p.m you know, i could also just be educated as someone who's done 65 episodes of a <laughs> paranormal podcast but yes. anyway carry on there was a rather unprofessional moment of this episode though so we'll, we'll we'll see i don't know what you're talking about around 11 40 p.m on saturday july 19 1952 air traffic controller edward nugent or Teddy Nen Tad Nugent was at his radar screen at Washington National Airport when he saw seven unusual blips on the screen. No known aircraft were in the area and there was no explanation for the presence of the objects. Nugent called his superior to come and take a peek. Together they watched the mysterious objects dart across the sky. They called nearby Andrews Air Force Base where controllers were also seeing the strange objects on their screen. Optics is not a word. Two of the objects clearly hovered over the White House, with another one over the Capitol building. Oh, I like that movie. Controllers at both airports tracked the objects, which they estimated to be travelling at about 130 miles per hour. One made... It's not that fast, really. It's not actually that fast no. for aircraft. One made a 90-degree turn, and another one suddenly went in reverse. Both manoeuvres that American aeroplanes could not make at the time here's your options let's do this okay a rare eyes are closed a rare bright aurora borealis malfunctioning equipment and poorly trained staff group hysteria or collective obsessive illusions or a temperature inversion temperature inversion what does that mean can you use it in a sentence um i guess a temperature inversion yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess um the the atmosphere creating things that weren't really there okay i'm on to you and the answer is indeed temperature correct yes (laughs) that's right (laughs) air force major general john samford director of intelligence said the blips on the radar were due to temperature inversions samford also said that since the radar blips were not caused by any solid material there was no threat to national security yeah he explained that when a weather inversion occurs lights that are really on the ground may look like they were in the air and this caused the radar to misreport ground objects being in the sky this kind of doesn't make any sense in 1969 a scientific report released by the air force concluded that a temperature inversion strong enough to create the effect attributed to it by general samford could not possibly occur in the earth's atmosphere even so more than 50 years later most people still accept the temperature inversion explanation for the washington dc ufo flap interesting okay i think there'd be um i mean they would have to write it off as something that was completely non-threatening and also you know they they can't choose something as lame as equipment malfunction yeah because it's the national you know security yeah 
So they couldn't just say equipment malfunction because then people could come back to them saying your equipment should be should never be malfunctioning around the White House. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Very good. All right. Look at that cat over there. He sort of died. <laughs> <laughs> He's just collapsed on the ground with his legs spread apart. <laughs> Goodness sake, Louie. Um, 1979 Scottish UFO attack. Hmm? Robert Taylor, a forester from West Lothian, Scotland, encountered a strange object and equally strange smaller objects while out for a walk one day in 1979. A round, larger object, 20 feet in diameter, hovered above the ground. Suddenly, two small objects, which were round but had appendages, rushed towards him. These objects were tiny, but each attached itself to one of his trouser legs and what? tugged him towards the larger object, at which time Taylor lost consciousness. Whoa. Ground marks were discovered at the scene of the encounter, and Taylor had multiple injuries from the event. Interesting. That's terrifying. Indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. How do we debunk this one? Okay, so um, we've got a few options for you here. Mm -hmm. So we've got a epileptic fit, yep. a hallucination, magnified images of low planets, mm -hmm. all of the above. So epileptic, so Epile all of the above doesn't mean they all happened in this one theory. It just means these could all be theories? Um, let's say they could all be contributing factors is probably the easiest okay. way to explain that. And the one theory. So it could be a little bit of each. Are we okay. sprinkling? Or it could be um, the other's other sole cause mm -hmm. as per the investigator's explanation. I'm going to go with all of the above just because you haven't included in all of the above. <laughs> got it. You got it right. Yes. Well done. The scientist said that what Bob Taylor saw was the magnified images of both Venus and Mercury that were low in the sky that evening. Oh, my goodness. The effect of the sighting brought on an epileptic fit <laughs> oh, that caused him that. to hallucinate. Oh. His injuries were caused by his fall after becoming unconscious due to the epileptic fit. The explanation is contrary to evidence found at the site in the subsequent police investigation into a criminal assault, and also tests carried out by police forensic scientists. The forensic report stated, The injuries, damage to clothes, and marks on the ground were consistent with Bob's original story. Unbelievable. That's, that's a heck of a yarn to spin. <laughs> How must they have felt? Let's assume for a second that it did happen and it was aliens. He then gets to hear someone say, it wasn't aliens. You saw planets low in the sky, then had a fit. <laughs> and your injuries were sustained by that fit. Yeah. Despite what everyone can see at the scene. Mm -hmm. And the story you've just told me. Exactly. That's and you wonder why people And you wonder why people don't come forth when they see UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, 1966 Michigan UFO. This is the final one. Okay. You're doing very well so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mentalist. What yeah, can I you say? Are. In 1966, hundreds of people, including seven policemen and sheriff, sheriff's deputies from Livingston to Washington counties, saw an unidentified object maneuvering through the sky. 
Over the next several days, UFOs continued to be spotted by people throughout the area. In some reports, such as one from patrolman Robert Honeywell, objects would descend close to the ground within 500 yards of witnesses. In response to the growing fervour, the US Air Force sent in Project Blue Book astronomer and UFO expert Dr. J. Allen Hynek, granddaddy of UFO studies, <laughs> to investigate. After a rigorous investigation that lasted 2 hours and 45 minutes, he declared the mass UFO sighting to be caused by none other than... Mass hysteria? Mm-hmm. Misidentified secret military aircraft? Swamp or marsh gas? Migrating fruit bats? So this is what Heineck is Heineck saying. is saying. So... I would say, because I didn't look at you this time. Okay. I stared at that plane on the wall. It's a nice picture. <laughs> that he was, is he the one that um, set it up and then got to the end of it and he's like, I think there is something Correct. to Correct. So Heineck was brought in to debunk Project Blue Book mm. and um, towards the end of it, he believed it and... Sort of that close encounters, the first, second, third, fourth kind. Yeah, that, that was, was all Heineck. Yeah, 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 he created yeah. that. That's right. So that's why he's like the granddaddy of ufology because yeah. of you know he left a lasting legacy and mm-hmm. he was a true debunker turned believer because mm-hmm. of the evidence he because, saw. Yeah. Okay. I would say he says that they are secret military vehicles. That's not true because I can tell by your face. <laughs> but I'll stick with it. The honourable thing to do. Or is it? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I can't read your face anymore. Go. I got it right. Heineck? (laughs) After his two hour and 45 minute investigation, Mm -hmm. declared... It was swamp gas. Brilliant. <laughs> Needless to say, the people who'd spent their entire lives in the area and knew how swamp gas does and does not behave, mm-hmm. as well as now how something in the sky they have no known of or no known origin of behaves, mm-hmm. were a little less than satisfied with the uh, good doctor's conclusion <laughs> that it was swamp gas. So that's one of his. That's that's one, that's of, the, one of his early ones, then, is it? Yeah, that's one of the famous ones with Heineck, where he said swamp gas, and um, everyone's like, "It's not. It can't be swamp gas." Right, right. <laughs> it's sort of there, yeah. and I will show you. This is a wee ditty that I quite like here at the uh, picture. Front. Yep. So it's showing um, a uh, an image of a like sort of a a, a tribe that mm. is yet to make human contact oh, with see. the west with with western nations during those uh, pioneering days of an aircraft flying over native warriors pointed the sky and claiming swamp gas yep. as little aircraft <laughs> just as a yeah uh, yeah we piss take there quite yeah. like that one excellent did bloody well mm. five and a half out of seven not bad i'll take that yeah you should <laughs> um one thing on project blue book is um there's a series i think it's just starting here or yeah, it's just starting on the History Channel around Project Blue Book. Oh, cool. That looks okay. quite cool will, and worth a look. I will need to series link that. Mm. Um, yeah, let us know how you did in the debunkers. In the quiz, quiz without yeah. seeing Tony's visual cues. 
I'll have to listen back to this and hear hear what my hear see if there's a, 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 a audio tell. tell. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, excellent. Oh, that was really good. Um. I wouldn't mind going into more detail into some of those because they sound like pretty fascinating stories yeah. in themselves. We can <clears throat> uh, maybe touch on them. the Scottish UFO attack. Or yeah, the, that one. Uh, that one in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a it's a weird one. Yeah. Um, all right. The so, cat scratching his claws. <laughs> um, shall we move on to the final segment? Um, have you got more to add? Please let's start the music. It's done. It's getting late. <laughs> We're taking the book out to read an interesting tale. So this is the final segment of the show where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'll flick to a random page. Tony will tell me when to stop and I'll read one of the paranormal stories. Okay, let's get the show on the road. I'm flicking now. Stop. That was a quick stop. That was a quick stop. There's Pulled a lot of stories here. A lot of shorties or? is a pretty short couple. Pretty short couple. <laughs> Is that how the story began, begins? A, a pretty short couple. Um, I reckon I could get through four. Okay. All right. So um, we found the found, found the green stickers this week. So yeah. So I'm going to get through a, a column. Um, it starts. A gust of wind proved fatal for. Oh, what segment am I in? Oh, rookie era. It's episode yeah. sixty-five. We've just done this so before. keen to get into this. We've never done an episode 65 before. Yeah, it's the first time. Well, it get is that. a segment called Heavens Above Atmospheric and Astronomical Oddities. Nice. A gust of wind proved fatal for a schoolgirl in Bradford, England. The Yorkshire Observer reported that on February 23rd, 1911, one witness saw the girl headed for the playground by the school. Another then saw her in the air. Parallax, oh parallel with the 20 foot balcony her oh arms extended and her skirts blown out like a balloon later she was carried in dead of a fall what? she got like swept up and then fell down or something yeah weird okay next one next one in October and November 1911 LJ Wilson of Nashville Tennessee observed a number of brilliant white spots on Mars near the region labelled Hesperia. Has he seen this telescope? I have no more information. <laughs> <laughs> a transient shadow on the moon was observed by Dr. F.B. Harris on January 27, 1912. About 10.30 Eastern Time, I was surprised to see the left cusp showing the presence of an intensely black body about 250 miles long and 50 wide, allowing 2,000 miles from tip of cusp to cusp. The appearance was fully as black comparatively as marks on paper and in shape like a crow poised. Of course dark places are here and there on the lunar surface but not like this. Not to be tedious I will say that every effort was made to eliminate any error of vision or other mistake. The, mis the moon is very tricky and is unlikely that anything of this character will be seen in many years or hundreds of years even. I cannot think I cannot but think it's a very interesting and curious phenomenon. Phenomenon. Nice. I'm um, I'm thinking about maybe doing a uh, UFOs on the moon episode at one point. Oh yeah. Yeah. This we tease. Yeah, we tease. And finally, halos around the moon can be round or occasionally elliptical, single or multiple. In ideal atmospheric circumstances, can create multiple images and even moon bows. 
but no existing optical theories can account for the square halo, three moon diameters on a side with one corner down towards the horizon. That was obvious uh, and observed from RMS Balmoral Castle on the night of 21st of January 1913 off the coast of Africa. In a masterpiece of understatement, Lewis Evans wrote, I pointed out the halo to some of the ship's officers, none of whom seemed to have seen one like it before, so it may be very uncommon. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a couple of little diagrams, but nothing worth noting. There was kind of a, a strange... Um, uh, they said kind of like a rainbow, but it goes right around the entire moon. Um, but I think that's not that uncommon in an eclipse. Yeah. To get to kind of those optical kind of illusion type things. Isn't, like speaking those. of eclipse, isn't there some crazy moon eclipse thing tomorrow morning? Is there? Yeah, it's like with the, the moon and the sun, it's some sort of unusual eclipse. Hmm. Um, well, <laughs> no one's going to hear this in time, so I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, what's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good chat. And I, I, was, I was hoping I could find it. Uh, I find fun answer here. Actually, eclipses, what you should know. Don't look at them. Uh, it's a Salinillion. God. So, apparently it is... Uh, uh, Worth mentioning? And uh, the, the, I, I should have come more prepared for this. I really haven't. <laughs> I was really hoping there would be an answer, but... Uh, yeah, hope you all enjoyed the eclipse. Is all I can say. Yeah, it's apparently very rare. <laughs> and on that note, we'll call that another episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. Join us next week. Sorry about the uh, <laughs> low bar eclipse banter. Didn't really make up uh, make up what I wanted to do, but uh, yeah, totally. <laughs>